Hi, my name's Judy. And I'm Ceci. And together we are Two, Two Girls, Girls on, on a Mic. Do-do-do-do-do-do. Elevator music. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. And guess what? We're out of the garage today. <laughs> but we are in another room, and there happens to be construction going on in a house across the street. So you might be hearing some nailing, some hammering. So just bear with us. It'll be gone next week. Anyways, let's get on to the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Two Girls on a Mic. We are actually going to start off this month of September with um, mental health. Um, I don't know if most of you know or if any of you know, but this month is actually self-care awareness month. So we kind of want to shed some light into, into that because everybody at some point goes through a rough patch through their life. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's very important to remember that we have to be good to our bodies, have self-care routines, to always make sure that that we're thinking of ourselves, not just of others, but understand that we're important, that we have to take care of our body. Mm -hmm. Um, And one quick thing, this month of was recognized as Self-Care Awareness Month only back in 2017. It became official. So it's only been a thing for four years. Yeah, this will be the fourth one. Yeah, so again, we kind of want to remind everybody to take care of, of themselves. And I think now it's more of a open topic. Yeah, I think more people are definitely more open to talking about their experiences and what they're going through. But it's also in some, like, I know in some cultures, it might be a little more taboo to even Mm -hmm. talk about what you're going through. And at least for, in my experience, I can bring some of that light in because we both come from Hispanic backgrounds and not all family members are very accepting of the fact that you do have to take care of yourself. Uh-huh. So so we're going to go into our personal experiences, what we've dealt with, and as well as some of the most common types of mental illnesses. And this is a safe space. You know, if you're going through something at home or if you have, if you feel like you need to reach out, you guys are always welcome to message us on Instagram, email, whatever. We'll do our best to respond to you. But with that being said, we're going to get on with it. So I think... When people think of mental illnesses, depression is probably the first one to come to mind for most. Yep. And in my experience, I have I have experienced depression from, I think the first time I really knew it was that was in middle school. Mm. And that was like, you know, your, your body's changing, things around you are changing. And for me, it was trying to like figure out who I was. Because I, I, look, I look back now and I remember like, I would hang out with people that I didn't necessarily click with, but because, like, oh, they're considered, like, a good friend group to have. And during that time, my best friend Denise, like, me and her kind of not split up. We just, because we're both very different people, so we found different crowds. Mm -hmm. And to me, it was that, like, finding the right crowd for me. And, of course, leading into high school. And I think that's the most common, especially now, like a lot of younger kids, they go through depression. And at least for me, the way that got me out of that, it was 
I ended up in the hospital for kidney failure because mm. I was dehydrated. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that was not fun. No wonder you drink so much water now. Oh, yeah. I drink <laughs> a lot of water. <laughs> Did not want to end up back there. But I think that, like, obviously, it wasn't a near-death thing. It wasn't anything like that. But the day that I was released from the hospital, my little sister was born. And I remember at the time I had, like, a scar on my wrist. It wasn't a self-harming scar. It was actually, like, a friend of mine accidentally scratched me, but nobody believed me. <laughs> and they thought, like, my nurse told my mom that she thinks I was suicidal because it was right on the wow. vein. Oh, wow. And I was like, no. Like, obviously, I was going through some stuff. And at one point, I was suicidal. But, like, at that point, I wasn't. So I was trying to convince everyone, like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's just this and that. But hearing all of that, it's like, oh, like, I don't want to tell people about my problems because they're going to react like that. But my little sister was born, and that's what's like, well, I want to be there for her, like, if she is ever. And I do have another younger sister, but she's like, when she was born, I was six or seven, so I obviously didn't have that mentality. Right, right. So that's like what kept pushing me towards being better. And if you didn't know, that's what this tattoo is. That's the date. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh, I think you mentioned it on the previous episode. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so that's cool. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, like, obviously, yes, I've been depressed. I've been suicidal since then. But that's what I go back around to mm-hmm. when I think of the future. And if I think if that me, like 13-year-old, 14-year-old me, mm-hmm. would see me now, like, they would have realized that, like, yeah, it does, it does get better. Mm. And I think when parents say, well, you have this and you have that, like, why would you... Why are you depressed? Why are you suicidal? It's like, it's not about what you have. Mm-hmm. It, 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 you can have, I mean, look at celebrities. Yeah. They can have, they, all the money in the world, all the quote unquote friends, like access to all these, um, things, but you still have those celebrities who deal with depression, who deal with anxiety, who deal with loneliness mm-hmm. because just having the material things doesn't mean you're you're gonna be loving life you know and i think i'm at least for now i'm gonna clarify that my parents like they've gotten a lot better Mm -hmm. about mental health like they listen now and i don't like i don't hold any grudge against them because that's how they were raised and like at one point you understand like okay but that's i'm happy that now they understand because now they do like i have anxiety but Mm -hmm. that started from a very young age to when i didn't even know that that was it Mm, and i learned that because like whenever they would be like oh you're gonna have to do a presentation to the class i would like freak out yeah (laughs) like i would get sweaty and i would just like the whole time leading up to the presentation i would just dread it like if i could miss the days i'd beg my mom for me not to go you know how many times like and this was in college how many times i would like not show up to class because i knew that we were gonna be presenting (laughs) like and i remember it was my freshman year and my counselor has said make sure you take communication class like your first year (laughs) and i didn't know that it was all presentation i Uh thought it was just maybe i don't know i don't know what the hell i was thinking i was like okay i signed up and then the guy the the professor's like yeah you guys are gonna have like seven presentations throughout the and i was like and that's like like the major presentations not not like the ones you like impromptu ones that you do in class Uh oh my god that class oh (laughs) i fucking hate 
hated it. Yeah. I dreaded going to class every single day. I would sit in the back so that way I, I wouldn't... Because not everybody would do presentation every day. Mm-hmm. So I would sit all the way in the back, in the corner, like, to try and avoid getting, like, picked. Because I... Ugh. And, like I mentioned before, now, my job, I have to do so many freaking <laughs> presentations in front of a bunch of employees. And in Spanish, I'm like... Uh, i kind of had to get over that but this i still like for example when i'm translating for the for the vice president i fucking hate it because she like goes fast and i'm like Mm. trying to translate as it goes i'm like uh yeah (laughs) no yeah like like stuff like that is because it wasn't just my parents that were like oh like anxiety isn't real (laughs) yeah it was like my aunts too like because i i can't answer phone calls if i don't know who it is and sometimes even if I do know who it is, like to this day, I still mainly because it's a lot of spam calls. I just forward everything. Mm-hmm. But like if someone's like, oh, can you call this and let them know this? I like have a little mental freak out. Oh, so wow. like this past weekend, I had to do so many phone calls <laughs> and I can't be in the same room as other people because it makes me even more nervous. So I have to step out and do my thing over there. And I have to have my phone on speaker because my ears like. Whenever I'm on the phone, I just can't hear. <laughs> yeah, I did too. So it's like, oh, um, but yeah, like stuff like, like being told it's not real, it's not real. And I, I tried like all throughout high school, mm-hmm. like, oh, just get over it. Like it's, everybody else can do it. Why can't I just do it? Uh, public speaking. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until 11th grade when, I don't know if I said this, but I started taking college classes in high school. Oh, right. Uh-huh. Because of a program. And you obviously had to have passing grades to stay in the program. Right. So that communications class was the first class. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, she gave us the syllabus and I saw eight presentations and each day you're going to do impromptu ones too. Yep. And I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) I I got so nervous, but I was like, I don't, I don't want to just not show up because then it'll affect everything else. Right. And that's it. Like, that's the class where my voice, I knew that I was shaking. Like it sounded like I was going to cry, <laughs> <laughs> but, and then in college, like at the film school, I took a, I think I forgot what it was called, but it was basically another communications class. Mm, okay. And that teacher, she was a lot more involved and mm-hmm. she would like pull you to the side after you were done. She's like, what about if you tried this, this and this? Because one thing I would do is mess with my hands. Mm-hmm. And she told me that that was a no. Like she would knock you down a couple points if you would what do you, that. Like, what would you do? Like, like I would just um, like rub my hands together oh. or put them in my pockets. Like mm. just something with my hands. Because I can't just sit there, like, stand still. <laughs> when I, yeah, when I do, I talk a lot with my hands. Uh-huh. I don't know if you noticed, but yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, I don't know. Like, I I don't know why I have to do it. Like, I, I can't not not move my hands. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a thing, I guess. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what she told me or what she made switch in my mind. But ever since that class, I've gotten a lot better mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. talking to big groups. Mm. Like, um, cause I'm a, I produce, so right. there's times where I have to give like an announcement or a speech while we're on set. And that could be anywhere from like 10 to 50 people. Mm-hmm. And I think what helps too is when I'm at the same level, cause if I have to stand somewhere that makes me look higher, oh, yeah. that is when I start freaking out. <laughs> but if I'm at the same level and it also helps that now I, I know that, like, these people don't know me. Right. <laughs> they right. don't care. Mm-hmm. So I, I've gotten a lot better with that. But 
for sure. Like, I get anxious when I'm driving in downtown. Like, mm. just in crowded small streets, I can't do it. <laughs> I avoid downtown LA at all costs. I used to work in Little Tokyo, and that's just, like, the outskirts of downtown. And that was just, like, horrible. And the times I do have to go to downtown, I, especially now that I have a kid, he gets very impatient. Obviously, there's times where I go, like, when he's tired, he's cranky. And having him in the back crying or asking for me or asking, like, oh, whatever he wants, you know? Mm-hmm. And then still have to deal with, like, the a bunch of cars there. And then the people who are just crossing the street when they're not supposed to. Like, yeah. all those factors, just, like, my anxiety skyrockets. And I just, like, freak out where the point where I'm just, like... I want to scream because mm-hmm. I don't know how else to let it go. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, calm down, calm down. I'm like, I say because I wanted to get flowers for like my mother-in-law, my mom, and we, we were going to have a few people over. Mm-hmm. And I went and I had worst mistake of my life. I was, nope. I, <laughs> I was out of there so quick. <laughs> I could not. Hmm. Yeah. Downtown is just not a good time. Yeah. So that's, that's basically what I've dealt with and what Judy's dealt with. These are some other common ones. So bipolar disorder. I know, I think I know like one person with bipolar disorder and she's like, she's explained it to me how there's days where she wakes up and she just knows that it's not going to be a good day. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like, what exactly, like, how do you know? Like, I, I'm trying to understand, like, do you like, you're in a really bad mood one day and then like the next day you're okay or is it like does the do mood change in between the day or how does how does that at least for her how does that happen i think for her it's every day like she just doesn't know what to expect mm. so i mean there's obviously different um types yeah different types different amount uh levels of severity mm-hmm. and i think for her like from what she explained to me, there's days where she wakes up in a good mood and then she just, like, five minutes later, it's horrible. Like, it's the worst day ever. Or wow. opposite, she wakes up feeling like that already and it affects the rest of the day. So I think it's it's different for everyone. Like, I know a lot of people joke, like, oh, you're just being bipolar when you're happy and then you just go mad really right. quick. And obviously, you don't know if someone is. Because I think that, like, obviously everybody has mood swings. It's... I don't know how exactly you would know if it was bipolar disorder, but if you feel it, I'm assuming if you feel it like constant, like you're feeling fine and then, but it's also tricky because sometimes you might be able to relate that to depression. Like I know when I was depressed, Mm -hmm. I would have like happy moments and Mm -hmm. then I would just go back to feeling sad, but I didn't ever think that that was bipolar disorder. I just thought that's how it goes. Right. Yeah. If any, any of our listeners have know anybody or they themselves have dealt with it like i would want to know like how do you like is there triggers that like that like if one thing you wake up in a good mood and then something happens like there's a specific trigger that then puts you in a in a bad mood or because it's, it's very interesting like how you t- pretty much don't have control over your emotions right mm-hmm. yeah so if any if any of our listeners have dealt with that or know anybody that can give us like insight i i we would definitely want to hear that yeah mm-hmm. um some other ones dementia that's more common in older and mm-hmm. the elderly um i think that's probably like one of my worst fears though like getting old and just forgetting 
Yeah. Like, like I just got goosebumps right now it's, saying that. Yeah, because I've, I've had the conversation with Derek. Like, what if, like, one of us gets dementia? Like, at least for me, I don't know how I would be able to deal with, like, if he would get it. Because mm-hmm. imagine you go to bed and he knows who you are. And then he, he wakes up and, like, yeah, he completely, like, doesn't know who you are. Like, because the connection for him wouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. He would be like, you're a complete stranger. Yeah. I, you know, like, you know, have you seen the movie Fifty First Dates? Yes. Yeah, that's what I think of when mm-hmm. I think of that. But it's also like, like you could love someone as much as you can, but you also have your other stuff going on. And like, how is it? How do you remind someone of that every day? Like, like it's me. Like I'm your wife of however many years. Mm. Like it's it's to me that's like probably the scariest one. Yeah, definitely. Even even not even with just your significant others, but like. Imagine dealing that with your parents, somebody yeah. that you've known your whole life, your 20, 30, 40, whatever, how old you are, for them to completely just forget who their son or daughter is. Yeah. Like, that's, that. I think that would be worse than your significant other, mm-hmm. you know? Because yeah. the, love, the love that you have for your parents is completely different than the love that you have for your significant other, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't think you would be able, ever be able to compare a parent and a significant other love, or even like if you have a kid, like I always tell Derek, like I, Joey's like yeah. my number one in my heart. Like mm-hmm. at, the, at as soon as he was born, you you, you were, were you were number two. <laughs> you were replaced. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Some other ones is obsessive compulsive disorder (OCD). Mm. I don't know if I know anyone that has OCD. Severe. Like yeah. I know. I know Derek had like tendencies mm-hmm. like he had to do like i remember he said that he had to do like certain things in fours yeah and i i, I think because i have a thing where like it's not as bad now but before like when i was a kid and i was in the back seat of my parents car mm-hmm. i had a thing where i had to click my teeth mm-hmm. two times every time we passed the driveway oh wow yeah so like if we were going fast and we we're going down a street i had to be like oh wow <laughs> for me the a tendency that I have, I don't know if you call it OCD, but every time I go to lock my door, like my car door, mm-hmm. I will click it two times to make sure, and I will walk away, and I will still question, did I lock it? And I would, I have to walk back mm. and make sure that I, even though I know I did yeah. it, I, I know I did it two times, mm-hmm. and I will still question myself, like, did I lock it? Yeah, and it's it's just like little things like that, because mm-hmm. like for me too, when I eat. I have, I have like a system in my head. <laughs> like if I'm eating um, like fast food and I get chicken, mm-hmm. I have to eat it in a certain pattern. I take a bite with no sauce and then I put ketchup and then barbecue and then back to no sauce. So I have to do it in those mm. three ways. I didn't, I haven't noticed that. No, like I do it like I kind of like put it all over the place and I just like the other day, I think it was here mm-hmm. where I was eating, we were eating McDonald's. Oh, and uh-huh. somebody started talking to me, and I looked down. I was like, fuck, where did I leave off? Oh. And I literally told them, I was like, you screwed up my whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a, yeah. And when I was a kid with, like, the chicken stars, I had to eat them one by one by one, the stars. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I think, I think we all have, like, certain OCD tendencies. Not necessarily OCD, yeah. but, like some form of it mm-hmm. but like people who legit have like certain things that they have to do like they just can't control mm-hmm. is 
I think I think one of Derek and Matt's friends is a I believe so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, it would be interesting to hear from his from his like perspective perspective and, like mm-hmm. how how he dealt. I don't know if he still has it. Um but that would definitely be interesting to hear from from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's also post-traumatic stress disorder, which is another like very common one. Not just like obviously with veterans when they I come was going to say growing up, I always associated PTSD with just veterans uh-huh. or just soldiers in general. Yeah. But I took I forgot what class I took in college and we were talking about that and yeah, it came up that you can get PTSD like even from a car accident. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I actually, I, okay, I self-diagnosed myself. But I feel like I did have it because whenever, because I got rear-ended, what was it? I think it was like eight years ago or something. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, whenever a car would be coming fast from behind me, I would freak out. Mm-hmm. Like, I would, like, I would pump on the brakes so hard, like, hoping that like my light would get brighter or something uh-huh. because I felt that they were going to hit me. And every time I would, I would look up at my rear view mirror so often, like I would rarely use it, but for a good like year, I legit, I would freak out every time somebody would come behind me because I would just remember tires, especially when tires squeech. Yeah. That would like my, I would get, I would freak out. So I would look everywhere because I remember when it, when the accident happened, we were on Sunset Boulevard and it was like, it was like traffic hours. So it was, it's not like, like there was a reason for the driver to be driving fast. Yeah. We were literally stopped because there were so much, so many cars in this car. I just hear tires screeching. I'm like, oh shit, who's going to get hit? Yeah. Little did I know it was going to be me. (laughs) But I look around and, um, yeah, I, I saw that, uh, I saw the car behind me and next thing you know, I just, I hear the crash and he hit me so hard that I hit the car that was in front of me, which, which is a Jeep. And, like, my whole front end was underneath the car. Oh, no. So, after that, like, for a, a good solid year, I I could not, like, I would freak out every time I would drive. And maybe a month after that accident, I was driving, and I pulled up at a stop sign, and a car, I guess, didn't stop in time, and just bumped me, like, very, mm-hmm. like, tapped me. Not even it was in a hard hit. Like, he didn't leave anything in my car, but that, I was even... That was literally even, happened to me, too. <laughs> It was even worse. I was like, okay, I was already like freaking out. And then this happens, even though it wasn't a big thing, like it didn't help my, yeah, my stress of like having to drive and having people drive behind me. Yeah. And that's because I think I didn't even think about that. Like what you just said, I just realized that I do that too, because the first accident I was in, I was on the freeway Mm -hmm. and it was traffic. Like again, everybody was going like five miles an hour. And I had my sisters in the car with me. Oh. And I saw my, uh, the left mirror. Mm-hmm. And I saw that there was a car behind me. And she just pulled in. I was like, okay, whatever. And there was a big truck in front of me. So I was, like, keeping my distance, too. Mm-hmm. And the truck moved up. I moved up a little bit. But I saw them with their brakes. So I started braking. Mm-hmm. And I saw in my mirror that she was looking over her shoulder to merge. And she was already merging. But she didn't see that I had stopped. So that's why she caught my left side, 
the bumper. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my goodness. Like, thankfully, it wasn't hard. Right, right. But it did mess it's up still, my bumper. It's still like. Yeah. And then the second time, again, like a few months after, I was driving down to your guys' old place. I forgot what I was doing up oh, there. Uh-huh. But I was driving down and I was taking the street because the freeway was like too packed. Mm-hmm. If only I took the freeway. But. <laughs> This time, same thing. They didn't damage the car, but I saw it in my rearview mirror. Like, I saw, I was at a red light again, and I moved up again, just a little bit, and I look, and I see her talking and driving, and I knew it. I was like, she's not going to break, and I couldn't go anywhere because there was a car in front of me. Oh, that's And that one, it was harder because she was going, like, pretty fast, Mm. but I was like. Did you tense up? Did I what? Yeah, every time, same thing. If I feel a car, like, is going a little fast, I grip the steering wheel really hard, which I know you're not supposed I to know. do. Cause <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like just stuff like that that you wouldn't think would trigger. I'm assuming, I, I would consider PTSD because at that point, you're, you, you're freaking out every time because of that incident, you know? Um, luckily, like, again, it's m- more minor things because luckily we didn't like no not, not at least for me i wasn't hurt or anything exactly and like for me it was like just minor you know back pain whatever you know and i i recover from it but like for people who may who experience like really bad accidents where they go to the hospital or yeah. they lose somebody you know i think that would for them they may not ever recover from that ptsd yeah. because it, it would be more of a severe mm-hmm. um or more impactful accident yeah. you know mm-hmm. And I think, what show is it? I think it was Haunting of Hill House, where they show a veteran. Like, obviously, it's all in the show, but mm-hmm. he's blind. Mm-hmm. And, like, at first, you don't know why he's blind. He just, he doesn't have eyes. Mm-hmm. And he, um, they're telling, like, everybody's saying why they're there. It's like a recovery place. Okay. Uh, an addict recovery place. And he's saying how, like, he went to war and that he saw a, uh, a body of a little girl that was just burned and that after he came home again this is just a show but i'm sure that like i'm sure real people think of this and he was saying how like when he went home every time he closed his eyes he or everywhere he just looked he saw the little girl and so he just he was on drugs and he like just took his eyes out and that's why (gasps) he's like that and then at the end he's like it didn't work though because now all i see is her Oh, my God. So, yeah. So, like, again, just a show, but they do their research. Like, And I'm sure there's there's people soldiers like and veterans out there who truly experience stuff like this. Like, um, I'm sure a lot of veterans can speak on this or just even soldiers that are, are currently in that have gone to, to war, especially the, the ones who went to Vietnam. Oh, yeah. They, I'm sure, came back with a lot of, like, PTSD because a lot of those were sent not because they wanted to, yeah. but because they were forced to. And, again, like, this war that just ended, mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of uh, of our soldiers and veterans saw yeah, I mean, how, how these people were treated. And, again, you could only do so much, you know? Yeah. I mean, Matt, he has PTSD mm-hmm. from when he was in Afghanistan. Yeah. And I think he opened up to me like a few months after we started dating. Cause like it's to him, 
it's not something like just one thing that triggers him. It's just whenever he's feeling a certain way. Mm -hmm. But now that I know that I can be like, okay, I know what he's thinking of. I can do my best to like help him with that. And it's hard too, because you don't always know how to help, but Mm -hmm. it gives you an idea of like when to be wary. Right. And I think, um, uh, again, the reason why PTSD is so associated with veterans and soldiers is because they do go through a lot. They see a lot out there in, in what most of the time is third world countries, you know. Yeah. Um, and again, it's hard to be able to help our veterans as well because a lot of them don't want to open up. Uh-huh. They don't feel comfortable sharing the stories because one some of them may feel guilty of what they've done or what they saw. Um, and others just, their pride gets in the way. They're like, well, yeah. that machismo, you know? Mm-hmm. A lot of them are like, well, nah, I, I can do this on my own. But in reality, they're suffering. Like, I remember watching, my husband hates when I refer to this show, but Army Wives, mm. where there was a soldier, he was, he was a young soldier that went overseas, and he he killed a man with his hands. Like he choked him mm-hmm. and he came back and he would dream of that, but he would physically like, if somebody was next to him, like his wife was there, uh-huh. like there was a point where he was literally strangling her, but oh, wow. he was like asleep and reliving he, yeah. that. Oh, wow. But luckily like he was able to wake up, but his wife's like, what's going on? And he, yeah. and he did not want to open up until finally he did. And yeah, it was that, that he, that, death that kill that he did Mm -hmm. affected him so much yeah you know and i think another like thing that's related to ptsd a lot is like uh sexual assault or rape victims because i know i started following a girl like when i was super young like 13 and it wasn't until recently where i found out oh that she's like she's a rape survivor and that's why she posts certain things but she like opens up and shares like her triggers like she cannot walk alone ever like even in the daylight she can't go places by herself oh wow thanks like she's like thankfully she found uh her significant other who understands that and like helps her as much as he can and it's stuff like that where it's like that can happen to anyone not Mm -hmm. just veterans yeah exactly and i again in the world that we live in like it still baffles me that we have evil people like that that will take like even like for for um like young kids who get uh like abused and stuff stuff like that not just like sexual abuse but like physically abuse Mm -hmm. like i i just don't get like i'm sure some of them uh, are like aren't all there yeah but like people who are perfectly fine and they just still do this i'm just like i don't get it like how do you look at like i always look at my son i'm like how do you look at a three-year-old mm-hmm. and think, I'm going to do this bad yeah. thing? Too. I'm just like, oh, it fucking irks the shit out of me. And I'm like, I'm not even going to get to that topic because yeah, I, I can't. Yeah. It's, it's very, like for me, it, it's very triggering because I, I just, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. innocent kids. Like, mm-hmm. So those are, those are just like a few of the most common mental illnesses. Let us know if you deal with anything, if you're comfortable with that and... I mean, we'd love to hear from you guys and your experiences. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, we are here for you guys. If you mm-hmm. do feel like you need to talk to someone or if you just want to educate us, you know, maybe you have one of these that we talked about and it's more severe than what we mentioned, like 
feel free to let us know. Like we, we do want to learn more about it. Yeah. And like, I, I think I posted, I think one of our followers, um, I think it was for, I think it was a Monday post. Yeah, I saw that. Uh-huh. That uh, I asked, like, what's a good thing that happened? And I and I believe this person uh, put something, the the fact that I still have to be one more, here one more day. For me, to me, that felt like it was a, a like... A call for help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to the person and said, hey, if you ever need anything, like, again, we're not just two girls on a mic, right? Mm-hmm. We're not just a podcast. Yeah. We're, we're here really to build... Uh, relationship with you guys like we we want to consider you guys like part of like a family a family so if you ever feel like you need to speak to somebody again feel free to reach out to us either personally or on on our um instagram instagram because again we know sometimes you don't some people don't feel comfortable going to their close friends and families because again they don't want to feel judged so sometimes a complete stranger somebody you don't really know or doesn't really know you fully and doesn't have an already perspective on you can better help you and sometimes you just want you just want another person to listen and not feel judged and not feel like hey this person is gonna say well just get over it yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah so we know this one was a little bit of a kind of a debbie downer but we are going to do our best to uplift the spirits because of course mental illness you have to take care of yourself exactly and we know that it's hard sometimes but we've been there we've gotten out of ruts yeah and we want to share like what we do what we do for self-care to help us feel better with the situation we're in right and again uh, this podcast isn't going to be all happy you know it's yeah because it's not re- it's not realistic you know everybody has their bad days so we also want you guys to understand hey it's okay to have a bad day mm-hmm. um, because i've i've seen like pages on instagram or just influencers or whatnot saying oh be happy like you know always positive yeah. thinking and it's like yes it's great to promote positivity but again you have to acknowledge the days that you don't wake up in a positive mood. You have yeah. to deal with those days that aren't good, you know? Yeah. And it's important to realize that just because you have bad days, it's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. It's perfectly normal. You're human. Yeah. You're going to have good days and bad days. Not everything has to be perfect and, like, rainbows and butterflies because that's not realistic. Like, especially in the world that we like, we live in now where Instagram, you can easily depict their life to be perfect again back to celebrities you can have you go to they're making millions of dollars they have all these like luxuries purses cars shoes like all the best Mm -hmm. and they can depict that they have a great life but how many how many celebrities haven't we lost we've lost uh chester from lincoln park Uh mac miller uh, Kate Spade. Yeah, like uh what's his, what's the comedian guy? Uh the the one that came out in uh Aladdin, the genie. Robin Williams. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just a lot of celebrities. Again, especially I didn't see it coming from him cuz he looks so yeah, like Yeah, on screen he plays all the happy characters, yeah. like nothing point pointing to like him feeling that way. Right. And again, you, uh, somebody can perfectly depict their life as perfect Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean they're okay sometimes you have to read in between the lines and say hey this like for example that 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 follower that i reached out to we wouldn't have known but again for all we know she could have just have been having a bad day yeah but again it's our responsibility as humans in general to reach out to people like that you 
because you know sometimes you can make that difference maybe mm-hmm. you reaching out to that person and that person venting out to you you could have saved a life yeah. you know because sometimes some people that's all they want they want to be heard mm-hmm. you know yeah so again sorry for the the the, the yeah, kind but, of episode but again yeah, it's, it's needed important. because again we all want to be we all want you guys to be here right yeah and we want to share our stories because obviously we're not perfect we go through a lot of things with Mm -hmm. like just like you guys so it's important for us to show that through our content as well right and then just to leave off on a on a note if you guys can send us over your ways of how you cope Mm -hmm. with your bad days or any um, mental health issues that you have like what helps you get through the day yeah because in next episode, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about self-care. And we would love to share some of your um, routines that you have. Yep. So we will see you guys on the next one. And hopefully you guys get some ideas from that one. But in the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at two girls on a mic. And our personal one. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> at uh, Moody Judy. And mine is at Ceci.Nciso. We'll see you on the next one. Yep. Bye. Bye.